A journey that no Earth people have ever undertaken before. Now, whether you consider me a devil or a saint is unimportant. What is important is that you're here on this spaceship. The stage is set, yo, light the lights. Speak these lines, new world bride. We've seen the story, we've bought the tale. Hook, line, sink, impale. We dream in terms of sleeping beast, green scented love. Vacant heat, angels glittering, abhor. Celebrity walk and clip a door. Mind spun up and down, go with the hunt. It's bloodbath loud, the narrative of fallen line. Pods we play with sheep of swan. Freedom is more than talk. Some got bite and they walk. I break for nature alone apart. Shaman walk into the dark. If you're gonna come, come correct. After home run, done correct. You can lose that talk at the side your neck. Mic check. Alright, bet now come correct. This is that image dream select. Welcome to the Truth Power Podcast. I am Curious G. How does one speak truth to power? On this show, we do it in our art, through our music, in the poetry of our language, or by the comedy that we find in the darkness of days. The art on this show may offend, for we are imperfectly human and uncensored. We hope the themes will enlighten as well as entertain, for on the Truth to Power podcast, we wish to build enthusiasm for being connected. Welcome to the Truth to Power podcast. I am Curious G. I got my man, Dirty B, in the house. Hey, y'all, how's it going? Look, man, I'm I'm not sure how you know that you're in a real city, but I know that I'm in a real city when in broad daylight, I see a woman in her late 50s taking a shit on the sidewalk. So this is how the episode is starting. Yeah, I would concur. I know, I would have to say I know that I'm in a real city when... I walk down the street and I smell the shit of a 50-year-old lady's right in the middle of the sidewalk. But the important thing here is that there's this invisible line that most people don't cross, a line of acceptable or unacceptable behavior. Kind of like grabbing a nun's tit, right? I'm going to go just so far and do not pass, and that's acceptable, right? Well, I mean, I've seen movies where that's acceptable, but... <laughs> reality, I, I mean, reality is what you make it, I guess. I talk about those kind of movies... But the point is, your lines are not my lines, right? Some people are happier than a worm and a turd. But most people have similar ideas for acceptable social interaction, unlike the homeless woman who shit on the sidewalk. Societal norms, if you will. Exactly. Now, just for the sake of argument, let's call her Trudy. Let's, let's go with Tammy. Well, every see, Tammy I've ever met has been batshit crazy, so... Let's go with Tammy. Tammy's good, but I like Trudy because it's kind of like Turdy. You're running the show, boss. All uh, right. Now, Trudy it is. Now, keep in mind that Trudy just mean mugged it. No paper, not a sleeve, not a discarded pair of drawers. Mm. Nothing. Just pulled her pants back the fuck up. A real city. Mm. That's going to be one scratchy walk. Sometimes... We unknowingly cross someone's lines. With so many religions, cultures, and lifestyles, we most likely have watched in awe when somewhere someone took that metaphorical shit on our 
metaphorical sidewalk. In which case, someone tends to get a little shitty. You understand what I'm saying? I'm tracking so far, but I'm intrigued. Go on. Okay, I would like to point out that it isn't always the one pinching off the stink pickle. It could be the one walking down the sidewalk barefoot like a fucking hippie. Now that's fucking disgusting. Oh, shit. Now, like most Americans who witness public shitting, I didn't get involved. Really, how could I? Would you? I plead the fifth. Have you ever tried to reason with someone taking a shit in the city? No. (laughs) No, no, I have not. Right on the sidewalk? I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be on the sidewalk, but in this case, it was right on the sidewalk. But like other people around, I was trying not to notice. Now, most likely, Trudy would not have been open to my intellectual banter. No matter how woke, I may actually be on that shit there. Something tells me that Trudy wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, she was in her self-will there, or self-psychosis. Well, she might have given me the turd on the sidewalk if I had brought it to her attention. Possibly. Now, speaking of the metaphorical shit on the sidewalk, how many fucking school shootings will have to happen before we collectively do something about this shit? I don't think we will even do anything about it, to be honest. Because the farther away we are from any event, the less it smells. People forget. Well, perhaps not the people getting shot. But anyone watching TV, we just tend to notice the turd and wait for someone to show up with a pair of gloves. And when it comes to school shootings, what can I say? Um, We need some politicians to show up with their shit picker-uppers on. But now, while these impotent fucks discuss gun control, I would like to ask, why are our kids so fucking pissed off? Fuck. You'd think that they're pissed off now, Chester. Wait till you get a little bit older and get some bills, son. You motherfucker, you! But I know it can be tough as a kid, especially if you have a pedophile in the family. You know, not quite out of the pedophile closet. But take the untampered kid. What's the fucking deal with shooting up some schools? Did someone smash your tater tots there, Tanner? (laughs) Those are my tots. There was a time when kids were terrified of grown people. Back then, kids were reluctant to talk back. Never mind putting a pistol on Kenny. Back then, old people did not ask kids how they felt about shit. They did not want Junior's two cents, even after the Boy Scout weekend trip with Scoutmaster Gravass. Hmm. Adults were not open for discussion. It turns out they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Get in the back seat, shithead, and shut the fuck up. And we did. Yes, sir. <clears throat> the only feelings that I actually knew that I had for sure was crying and glad that nobody saw that shit I just did. I hid mine under my bed. Now, I'm not saying that we go back to knocking the little fucks around for asking what time the movie starts. But I tend to think it might have something to do with, I don't know, everyone. Let's face it, somewhere along the way, America took a big sidewalk shit and just 
pulled its pants right back the fuck up. And everyone wants to act like that shit didn't happen. And I'm not even totally sure that we even dropped our pants at all. We may all be walking around with shit pants. You feel me? Squishy. I think the kids are pissed off because we're pissed off. And I think we're pissed off because Uncle Sam is pissed off. In fact, in the 248 years, I think, that we've been a country, we've only had 15 years of peace. 15 years without getting in shit on the sidewalk. But don't take my word for it. Ask Google. But in my version, I am here to tell you that's 230-some-odd years of shit in our pants. No wonder kids are shooting each other. As Americans, we have two moves. Consume as much as we can until we have to take a shit and then kill anyone in the way. Conquest and consumption tends to lead to violence. Who would have thought? Now, I'm telling this story for a specific reason. Because one of the things in our world tells us when somebody took a shit on the sidewalk. And it's journalism. It's journalism. When somebody crosses a line and takes that metaphorical shit on the sidewalk, like school shootings, which that's really not the topic of this show. But I think that everybody has an opinion of this shit and nothing's really seemed to change. And most of our opinions has come either from real fucking experience of being right there when a shooting has happened or watching this shit on the news. And just like that metaphorical shit, the farther we get away from it, the less it impacts our lives and the less we are actually going to do anything about it. We're passive observers. At no point do we ever really get involved with the woman taking a shit on the sidewalk. And I think part of this is the world of fucking media, which is actually our topic today. We're talking about the same thing we were talking about last week, where the, the spectacle is the distraction. Is journalism just a distraction? Or does it help us to find answers for people taking fucking shit on the sidewalk? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I would say it's a distraction. Person takes a shit on the sidewalk. Yeah, the only thing that's going to happen is about a couple people that saw it are going to start a Facebook post, bitch about it on Twitter a few times, and you might have one sign saying, don't shit on this sidewalk. And I live in, I live in Seattle. People will still shit in the no shitting zones. It is a thing. <laughs> Let me tell you. But, you know, this, this, it was something I experienced. I saw this woman, homeless, I'm imagining. Like I said, she just did it right in broad fucking daylight on 2nd Avenue. Dude, it was in the middle of the afternoon. I've had to get off the light rail twice because there was a fully erect homeless man, one time with a knife in one hand and a club in the other. And yeah, this was twice in a nine month period. So random sidewalk shit is not really the craziest thing I've heard today. Now, we're watching the world through the, the world of television, pretty much. Most of us have never been over there where a lot of these foreign wars are taking place. Like right now, it's the Ukraine and Russia and all this stuff, right? Palestine, Strip, Gaza Strip, all that fun shit. And we're framing these opinions through the media. Oh, don't forget uh, India and Canada, too. Yeah, dude. Uh, everywhere. Now, I think Yemen's, Yemen's starting some shit, too. They're fucking with our Navy. 
So hmm. last week I, I I made a comment that the technology that we have, movies, films, journalism, all this stuff is kind of an extension of consciousness. We have like this um, collective technological consciousness. And I think that it's kind of detached from reality. You, you go back and we're looking at journalism here. You go back a while. Um, there was a dude named Walter Cronkite. Are you young enough to remember that dude? I'm old enough to remember Walter Cronkite. Yes. Do you know what he was called? The, isn't it America's only honest journalist or something like that? The most trusted man in America. There you go. Now, when he had something to say about somebody taking that metaphorical shit on the sidewalk, like Trudy, we listened to his opinions. This trifling bitch dropped her pants and shat right in the middle of the sidewalk on 2nd Avenue and Broadway. And yeah. he might have even uh, offered some opinions. And we might have listened to that motherfucker. It fucking stunk. I stepped in it. The world should at large should be upset about this. Who are we listening to in the media? Hopefully nobody, but I would say social media influencers and anything somebody with an opinion posts on Facebook and says it strongly worded with factual sounding words. And I think that's true. I think that's true. So let's let's look at communication because journalism is a type of communication, right? Go back in time. Communication at one time was one motherfucker talking to another motherfucker. We didn't have all the ways that we could talk now, right? Echo chambers. Like today, like I can pick up my cell phone and reach out to anybody I want to, provided I have their fucking number, right? I can even call a random person, really, to be <laughs> honest with you. And I'm probably going to get somebody, you know? Um, but you had to, at one time, be kind of face-to-face. And there was a lot to honor at that time, right? If you were going to say your opinion, your thoughts or something, you kind of stood on your word, right? And I think that the disturbance happened when all of a sudden we had um, writing for the first time. When people started to write and started to read and that was mass produced, that was the start of actually writing like journalism and stuff like that. Like you were able to write what was happening and spread that around in newspapers and things like that. But people, when they first did that, they kind of remembered when you actually believed what somebody had to say, right? Um, and at one time, if you go back to the verbal communication, like I would see Brett in front of me and I'm like, oh, that's fucking Brett. I know where the, I know where the news is coming from at that point. And maybe the news is just like, they're fucking coming, man. Yeah, it could be psychobabble <laughs> about three out of four times when you see me, but at least it's going to be straight from my mouth. Okay. But when they started to actually write stuff, the tendency for people was to also believe that, you know, and the journalists at one point, they would put their name on the article and, you know, we tended to believe this stuff and it didn't really take long for um, people to realize the power in this, right? And we mentioned on the last episode, there was a time that America really didn't give a flying fuck about foreign affairs. It's too far away, Right we probably never would have got involved in World War I if it wasn't for uh, all of the, the news and the journalism at the time bringing the issue into our lives and making it something we cared about, right? Now you fast forward a little bit. You get to the age of television, right? And, and you get people breaking down the news and then you get to see a motherfucker on the news like Walter Cronkite, 
most trusted man in America. Well, today, we don't know where half the information is coming from. And back in the day, we didn't have different news. We didn't have different news channels that would be politically left leaning, politically right leaning. We just had one source. And they weren't 24 hours. So like if you missed the news, like if you weren't there when the fucking news came on, guess what? <laughs> you missed the news. You just didn't fucking get it if you weren't there at six o'clock. Right? You'd have to wait around to eight o'clock. Then you just have to go back to your life taking care of the things that you can actually affect. Fucking horrible time it must have been. Well, here's the issue. When you got 24-hour news, it's a business, and your attention is the product that they're selling, right? So you've got to keep the interest up. Now, let's revisit something like school shootings, right? Everybody's got an opinion, and that's not what this is about. Mm. But I bet you when I said that in that story— there was some opinion that you held. Couple. Couple of them. And that, regardless of what it was, I'm sure there's other people that have some opinions too. Probably a couple. And basically what I was saying is, when the fuck are we going to do something about this? And I didn't say what we would do about it, right? But I guaranteed that I touched a nerve just by talking about that. That's the metaphorical shit on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. right? The unacceptable shit. <laughs> something we can all collectively come together and agree that that is a big steamy pile of shit and something should be done about it. That is one big pile of shit. Fuck yes, dude. Huh. I mean, and we might argue about what that is. Do we help Trudy get some fucking toilet paper? Do we help Trudy find some fucking public restrooms? Do we at least get out a pooper scooper, pick the son of a bitch up and move on at the very fucking least? Not just walk away from it and let some... Poor motherfucker stepping it, squeak thunk, and land right on their new fucking insert fucking jean brand Levi's. They fuck up their new Levi's, screw up their Nikes. Now, me personally, on that topic, I think that everybody is is kind of playing a part in this thing. I think our kids are fucking pissed off, and even if they're not picking up a gun, there's something wrong in fucking town right? There's something wrong in town. But I think that the opinions that we all have came through watching the news on this topic, right? Like I said, unless you're physically there or, or you know somebody that, that had this happen or you have some kind of tie to the whole gun issue. Or you have kids in school and you, you see how the shit's being handled in there. But still, the opinion you're going to have is still going to be formed by by either the news or by actual experience. One of the two. Yes, yes. And I would say that more often, it's actually through the news that most people form the opinions that they have. Look at how strong the opinions are about the, the Palestine-Israel conflict. Are any of us over there? Are any of us fighting? Do you think everything that's being portrayed to us is actually honest? Highly doubtful. Has an agenda, perhaps. No. Come on, dude. No. No, (laughs) not divide and conquer. Forget that. So I don't know how many times since you started coming on the podcast that I've actually thrown out a quote by somebody. Um, I've got three quotes I'm going to throw out through the course of this podcast episode. And the dude, I'm going to tell you who his name is. You might have heard of Hunter S. Thompson. You know who that motherfucker is? The inventor of gonzo journalism? No, tell me about him. I've never fucking heard of him. (laughs) Well, this is something that this motherfucker said. 
so much for objective journalism. Don't bother to look for it here. Not under any byline of mine or anyone else I can think of. With the possible exception of things like box scores, race results, and stock market tabulations. Of course, that was a long time ago. He said this shit. Right. And he continues. There is no such thing as objective journalism. The phrase itself is a pompous contradiction in terms. Now, he wrote that in a book called Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, basically, he was traveling around with some fucking president motherfucker and taking some notes on the shit, you know? But this was a long time ago. This was back in the 70s. You know what I mean? And I'm, I wonder what he would say about the news today. It's not even attached to reality anymore. You are the worst anchorman I have ever seen. But what did I do wrong? Name one thing. There's a reason he threw a fucking party and offed himself right afterward. I bet there is. Okay, but we go back to the ways of transferring information. Verbal, and then it ended up being written, and then electronic through like radio and television, and now it's the internet. One of the me- one of the, the issues with the media today, um, I mentioned to you AfroTurfing. Do you remember what that is? I do. Can you give a little explanation, or would you like me to break down that motherfucker? Uh, I hear my own voice in my head enough today. Go ahead and run it, boss. (laughs) All right. So Afroturfing, um, it's similar to a grassroots type thing, right? Afroturfing is the practice of hiding the sponsors of a message or an organization. Um, Think about like political or advertising, even religious, right? Um, They make it appear as if it originates from and is supported by grassroots candidates or participants. It's a practice intended to give statements or organizations credibility by withholding information about the source's financial backers. Lying by omission. Exactly. And that's that's one of the forms of um, media we have today. And you think, well, what does that have to do with journalism, Right. Um, sometimes it's like, let's take an example of big pharma. They hire a blogger, somebody that's actually a professional at writing, right? To write these opinions, but there's an intention behind it all. And like I said, it appears like it's a grassroots person or even organization that is writing this blog, right? It's just for the good of society itself. Cialis lowered my blood pressure, gave me a 12-inch cock, and made my wife and children love me again. Side effects may include rectal bleeding, dick falling off, and loss of eyesight. (laughs) Should I talk to my doctor about this? If the erection lasts for longer than four hours, yes. Okay. And, And that's an example is like, if I was a blogger hired by Big Pharma, and I wrote that article... Um, somewhere in there, I might slip that in. Ask your doctor, right? And that's the, that's the money behind that blogger paying for them to write this article. And then all of a sudden, me, the listener, who I think is just coming from, you know, somebody out there in the internet world, I don't know who it is because we never know anymore. It's not like when information was verbal. Oh, I know Brett said that. Now we don't know. It wasn't me. It was three midgets in a big overcoat. <laughs> Are we all living in the fucking Truman Show? 
Theoretically, yes. I think we are, dude. But what what is your thoughts on um on the state of journalism? Is there any is there any hope? For those who want to investigate with any kind of emotion, no, there's not. Because I don't see it changing for the better. I see it changing for the worse. Right now, the only way you can I can balance any kind of information is by going between two contradicting news sources that are talking about the same issue, finding somewhere in the middle, and then trying to find an independent writer who is writing somewhere aligned with that because there's always there's always your side their side and the truth and you have to dig for it we've never had we've we have the world's knowledge at our fingertips but yet everybody is so caught up in their own self-will and emotions that they're going to research what they want to my only recommendation is if you want to know the truth about a topic or have a really good view research for the side you're against that simple and that's something I do all the time. I bet my phone is confused as fuck. <laughs> my phone must feel like Ray Charles at a silent movie. It doesn't know what the fuck's going on. My FBI agent on the other end of my phone, I've probably gone through three or four by now. I'm sure there's a few that have unalived themselves off of my cursed <laughs> search history. But we're not going to get into that right now. The lead sleeping pill. <laughs> the forever nap. But here I am, I, I will research this and that, and I know I, I, I am confusing with my, my like history on my phone. But um, w- one of the things I found interesting, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before, when I first came back to Florida, um, I moved from Montreal. I came down with a Canadian phone. And I was getting there to take care of my mom in January of 2020, right? Maybe two months later, everybody kind of knows that COVID's a thing. So what do I do? I'm like everybody else. I start doing some look-see at this and I'm using my phone to do it, but I have a Canadian phone. And what I noticed was all the information I was getting was different from everybody else in Florida because I was getting my information through my phone that was still tapping into the Canadian information. They had completely different information on the news sources that they had. Now we had, you know, Fox and and MSNBC, right? Um, There's agendas with all this. But the Canadians also have their own agendas, but it's also different. So depending on what country you live in, what area of the country you're in, you might have a completely different perception of the same issues like COVID or school shootings or the war in Ukraine. There's nothing that we can hold on to and feel like this is the reality that we all share. Yeah, the tighter you try and grab a hold of something, the quicker you lose it. And there's a few things that I don't believe there's any gray area for interpretation on, but anything else, I just find it ignorant to be so ironclad in your beliefs on an assumption because that's just an oxymoron in itself. What the fuck do I know? Some guy in a microphone. Maybe I'm not even that. <laughs> you know, and okay, so let, let's look at it like this, right? Like we'll, we'll step away from school shootings, right? Um, if you look 
at the media a lot of times, if it's journalism or even television shows, a lot of times they're trying to give the same kind of messaging, right? So the war on drugs, let's take that as an example of a narrative in the media. Um, when the war on drugs first started, it was the director of the FBI that told United States Americans in a news clip who public enemy number one was. You know who this was? Who was this? Do you know it all? No. Maybe. One. I the don't know. Keep Black going. Panther Party. Huh. They were, they were uh, named by uh, Hoover as public enemy number one. Um, now, not to get too much into the Black Panther Party, um, what's interesting about them is they were doing a lot of things like, uh, you know, our free breakfast in schools came as a result of work that they did. Reduced lunches came as a result of the work that they did. And it was because that they showed in poor communities, kids that had hunger issues had lower testing. It didn't matter what color they are, right? Um, and, and some of that research and information led to changing policies in our schools, right? To where if you did come from a, a, a neighborhood that you didn't have any access to food and things like that, you can come to school and you can get reduced lunch for less money, or you can get a free breakfast. So you're always going to eat at school, right? Um, that doesn't sound like public enemy number one type concerns, right? No, and the people, the same people from that organization were the ones that were smuggling all the cocaine into impoverished uh, ghetto, if you will, uh, communities. That's where it ended up. That is where it ended up. Hmm. But that's not where it started. Uh, the way the Black Panther Party started is there was a couple guys in Oakland that were studying law. They were going to be lawyers. Oh, I was saying the uh, the FBI. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. But the way where that organization first started, they realized that there was no justice in their fucking cities, right? Absolutely. But they found a law that said if they carried a gun in like not concealed, like in the open, that you can walk around with a fucking gun. So mm -hmm. they memorized the, the, the law numbers, the RCWs, RCWs, you know, and they did the first neighborhood watch walking around Oakland with fucking shotguns dressed militant style Yep, and protected their streets. So not only did they bring free and reduced meals to, to schools, right? And, and bring food banks in the neighborhoods, but they were the first neighborhood watch. This is some of the stuff that they did. But the, the, the news framed them a certain way. And if you look at the way that the war on drugs continued to frame things moving forward from then, um, we, we eventually saw a lot of shows like Cops that was on television for 30 years. The repetitious of images, the repetition of, of messaging, it frames the way we think. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, to this day, if I see somebody shirtless walking down the street, they are going to be arrested. If they're white. If you're white and you are shirtless, you're going to be on cops and you're going to get arrested. I don't care. Call the cops. You mean if you got like one of those, uh, one of those fancy haircuts? Oh, mullet? <laughs> yeah. Tennessee waterfall? Oh, fuck yeah. Short top, long back, baby. What about the fumullet? The, the fumullet. The, the female mullet. Oh, the she mullet. Yeah, the yeah. she mullet. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> sexy. I don't think they'd think much of me because something tells me I'm not quite their type, but hey. Dude, you see Mel Gibson back in the day? He had that fucking mullet thing happen. Oh, dude. you should have seen me embracing my Canadian heritage back when I was four. I had the most, oh, I had the most beautiful Kentucky waterfall you ever seen. Holy shit. 
You didn't have the rat tail, did you? What? No, I wasn't. I had, it was naturally Jerry curled out though. Maybe my parents were putting product on it. I'm not sure, but I grew a mullet a couple of years back and there was, there was no luxurious curl to it no more. So mm. fuck, I missed that haircut. But you take, you take that whole war on drugs, right? Or even presidencies. Um, things get framed a certain way. Do you remember Carter? Are you old enough to remember Carter Absolutely as a president? Absolutely not. No. no. You don't know shit he did. Okay. No. What, what's your opinion? That's perfect. What's your opinion of him? I have none. None at all? Not whatsoever. Okay. I was a little kid when that motherfucker was around. I was born in 84. How old do you fucking think I am? Dude, <laughs> well, you're... Uh, you're a, you're a smart dude, to be honest with you. And you actually Got know you about a lot of the stuff that I, that I bring up yeah. without me telling you what I'm going to bring up or and giving do, you time to research. And I do absolutely no research. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of the, kind of the show we have here. Um, but let's take the presidency. Okay. So Jimmy Carter, my perception of him when I was a little kid was he was a peanut farmer, dumbass motherfucker. Mm. That was my opinion when I was seven years old. That's what I would have told you if you had asked my seven-year-old ass. Right. You would have said, Sean, what do you think about Jimmy? That's peanut motherfucker, farm boy, dumbass. You know, that would have been my opinion. Right. And that came from somewhere, you know. It's funny. I watched uh, one of his uh, times where he addressed the union, State of the Union addresses, right? And I watched it as an adult many, many years later. And what he said was... We as a country have to tighten our belts. It's going to be costly, but we need to get off foreign oil. We need to invest in our schools. We need to invest in our roads. We need to invest in the infrastructure, things like the, the water and things like that, so we don't have fucking lead in our drinking water, right? This is some of the stuff that he said. Seems important. Seems important, especially in retrospect. He came out to give the State of the Union putting on a fucking sweater like Mr. Rogers. Why? Cause his message was, we need to lower the thermostat in the homes. Cause that'll save us money as Americans and reduce the cost that we spend on oil. This will help us to get off foreign oil. People were pissed. They don't want to hear in this country that we're not doing well. Oh, and they don't, they definitely don't want to hear that we need less oil either. Cause fuck, are we addicted to that shit? <laughs> So Reagan, which basically was an actor at one point in time, he becomes the fucking president. You know, and like I said, the way that, he, that Carter was framed by the media of the day, kind of even as a little kid, I knew he was a dummy, right? And I wasn't even like an American that could vote or pay attention. You know what I mean? I was just listening to the shit that was like, going on around me. But I had an opinion because I was one of them seven-year-olds with opinion on presidents like some of the kids today. I had shit figured out when I was seven. Dude, there's some little kids at the last election that was talking shit about Trump and there was other little kids that was talking shit about Biden. You know that's true. Little trumpets walking around, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the point is we get all this, we get all these ideas from someplace, you know? Um, and is it dangerous, is my question. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. Yep, it's made with bits of real panther, so you know it's good. 
It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. It's incredibly dangerous because we fill in the narrative with what we are taught to believe. It's the sins of the father, honestly. You know, that's one thing I can say about my generation is that I'm not saying we got our shit together far from it, but we definitely shored up a lot of fucking leaks that were in our parents' generation. But at the same time, the way we are raising the youth in today's today's climate is just absolutely abhorrent to me. But and that's not saying everybody, of course, but the idea of when your kid's going nuts, you the only thing that'll shut them up is sticking an iPad in their face. I guarantee every one of those kids are going to, yeah, those, those are the next leaders of our world. Mm. And you want to talk about being addicted to technology, you got these kids addicted from the fucking womb. And that terrifies me, honestly. You know, I throw out a, a quote by uh, Hunter also, Hunter S. Thompson. The whole framework of the presidency is getting out of hand. It's come to the point where you almost can't run unless you can cause people to salivate and whip on each other with big sticks. You almost have to be a rock star to get the kind of fever you need to survive in American politics. Now, keep in mind, he wrote that in the fucking 70s. What would he think about the last debate, dude? (laughs) The exact same thing. I mean, was that insane? It was comical in the in the most tragic way possible, but it's even it's not even that anymore. All you got to do is run for the opposing side of who just spent four years in office. It's gonna be it's we're we're gonna have we're gonna have a Republican president. It's gonna be Trump twenty twenty four. I can promise you that right now. I'll be willing to stake my livelihood on it. And then in four years, if we have four years left, it's going to be some fucking Democrat. It's just going to be back and forth because we're evenly split. The media does a good enough job to evenly divide us that we will only vote red. We will blue wave, red wave. If you vote that way, I'm I, Brett, am calling you a fucking idiot. Research the person, not the political affiliation. But how do you do that these days? And this is kind of my point. Like there's so much information out there, like the astroturfing idea, right? There's people with money behind people that are writing things and we don't even know the source. It's not like we got the news from, from the person in, in the village that we knew and trusted. And when they spoke, we knew that their word was bond, right? Um, it's not even like in the early days of, of writing into newspapers, there was some integrity and people hadn't really thought of being explosively full of shit like Trudy right? (laughs) They were still kind of somewhat telling the truth when they wrote the news, right? But now it's just nonstop shits on the sidewalk. It's propaganda and hot button topics. It's clickbait. It's just all of it. All it is is clickbait. It's what can we say? What can we post? What can we grab you with that will elicit a strong emotional reaction? And you know what's funny about that is journalists that actually have some integrity, they say, you know, who plays a big part in a lot of the bullshit fake news is the consumers. Clearly. Because we will see a headline, form an opinion, and start posting Mm -hmm. without even really knowing what the hell we're doing. So here's another direction to take this. And I know I got fucking excited at the start of this telling my little story about Trudy. I fucking love that chick. <laughs> I don't know where she is today, if she's alive or not. 
This was a while ago that I saw her take a shit in the city, but things have probably changed since then. Probably. Okay. So here's another story I'm going to tell you. Um, before we went into Iraq, uh, my daughter's mother and I were still married at the time, and she was on delayed entry when 9-11 happened. She was already going into the military. She was going to be a chemical operations specialist. So I was paying attention when 9-11 happened, right? And as we led up to the Iraqi war, I was paying extra attention. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm the kind of dude that I might look in a few places for my information. At the time, I was listening to NPR News. And one of the things that uh, NPR made me realize is their news wasn't news that you heard everywhere, right? Um, I want to say maybe a year earlier, like the Catholic Church had been found out to be laundering money to like the tune of $10 billion, right? $10 billion. But the only news source I was getting that from was NPR. So when we were approaching... Um, this Iraqi war, I wanted to dig as much as I could into some other news that NPR was talking about. One of the things they were talking about was North Korea. Nobody else really was. It wasn't on the major news sites, but NPR seemed to be pretty goddamn concerned about North Korea. So here's something that a lot of people might not know. You can go on to the website of the Department of Defense and you can read the transcripts between the uh, person that's addressing the media and all of the questions that the media asks. You can read those transcripts before they ever end up in the news. And this is one of the things that I was doing back in like 2001. And I was amazed a third of the questions that was being asked at the time dealt with North Korea. But none of that news was showing up. Hmm. Do you know why they were asking about it so fucking much? Why is that? This is the interesting thing. We're going into Iraq because of weapons of mass distraction. I mean, destruction. Distraction, yeah. <laughs> weapons of, I always screw this up. Weapons of mass destruction. Okay. Um, we're going in there to get that oil. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. At the time, um, North Korea was transporting a nuclear fucking warhead hmm. on a truck that we saw from fucking space. We had the pictures. We saw it. We saw a truck with a nuclear fucking warhead driving down the road, going to a fucking launch space in North Korea. We had the fucking footage. You could bring it up. Oh shit. That seems important. It's not this, we think they have weapons of mass destruction and we've got to invade the country. We had the fucking pictures. Okay. Now this is one of the reasons why they were asking these questions about North Korea, but yet it's not making the news. This did make the news. However, shortly after we got those pictures, there was a launch. There was a launch from North Korea and it was during the time that they were um, swearing in the South Korean president. It was during his inauguration ceremony. Now, usually in the world, if you're going to do a test of any kind of weapon, you have to notify the fucking world, hey, guys, we're shooting some shit up into space, and then it's going to dive into the ocean, and you're not going to have to worry about it, but 
just pay attention because we're going to do this, so please don't launch on our ass. They did none of this. They just launched the shit during the inauguration speech of the South Korean president, whom they hate, right? Now, up to this point, our argument of why North Korea was not an issue was they didn't have the technology with their weapons to reach land here in the United States. They wouldn't be able to do it. They launched this fucking thing. It goes up into fucking space and then turned and went into the Sea of Japan. And the scientists said, oh, shit, they've got the technology to reach the fucking 48, the lower 48 states here in the United States. They could do it today. It's like they were taunting us. But yet, that story kind of made the news, but it was kind of like them admitting aliens recently, right? Right. Nobody really was talking about it, right? I I was. But why did we go into Iraq and ignore North Korea at the time? Resources. There you go. Why was Iraq dominating the news, but North Korea was like a cliff note? No oil, no opium fields. Pretty much. Why do you think Purdue Pharma was just exploding and the Oxycontin boom was starting up? But you had to work so hard to get this information back then. And that was 2001. Right now, they've got fucking bullshit at 5G speed. And to be honest with you, I doubt everything I read now. And I think that's part of the point. I think that's part of the point that journalism has devolved into is we're supposed to doubt everything so that we have no faith in information anymore. So we don't know what the fuck to do about that chick taking a shit on the sidewalk. From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Well, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. I go, I go to the gym and I look up at the screens that are playing up there and they have MSNBC and they have Fox News right next to each other, which I just adore because they'll be covering the same story a lot of the time at the same time. And... Holy shit. It's comical to me in the most disgusting ways, just how how biased and how how um, how emotionally responsive it's made for the consumer to be. It's because if you get a strong feeling, your conviction means more than fact. Mm. And that's how everybody is running in this world. And they play they play to the old adage that I heard one time. And that's if if you're a conservative, you have no heart. But if you're a liberal, you have no brain. And they play to the emotional heartstrings on MSNBC. And they go just dollars, cents, numbers, and decimals on Fox News. And they play those archetypes against each other in real time. And people are so gung-ho on what they believe, what their conviction is, that when they try to watch the other one, it is so distasteful and so abrasive to them that they won't even let any of the message sink in. It's divide and conquer. It's, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's not like, it's not like the powers that be hide the shit they're doing to us. They put it right in our faces and then they move on. You're right. We don't fucking care. You're a hundred percent right, dude. And you know what? There's, 
there's something interesting that I found recently, and it's been it's been during the course of the last maybe month and a half of us doing episodes. Um, I forget which episode this was, but one of the things I found is if you are um, a Republican or a Democrat, there's a psychological reason why you're predisposed to become one of the other, hmm. right? This is, I found this fucking fascinating. Go on. Yeah. So Republicans generally see things that, um, uh, uh, the world through the lens of fairness, you get what you earn, pick yourself up by the bootstraps. You can make it if you work hard enough, that type of stuff. Right. What you get is what you deserve. That that's an idea of fairness and it's not bad. It's not good. It's just, that's the way it is. Some people see the world that way and other people see the world through another lens they don't think about that type of thing. It's more of uh, they try to place themselves in the shoes of another person and understand where that person's coming from. Now, you might call that empathy. And it's not like a Republican can't have empathy. And it's not like a Democrat can't see the world through the lens of fairness to a certain degree. It's empathy versus analytics to the extreme. Exactly. Exactly. And there's people that are predisposed to one or the other, right? Um, and I'm going to say that when I was growing up, I would fall into the category of Democrat. That as, was just the way that I. my mind worked. Um, I started feeling like I was eating a fucking uh, soup sandwich all the time with shit in my hands. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I don't know what the fuck you guys were talking about <laughs> after a while. And then I started to watch the other news, you know, and I felt a little bit dirty, to be honest with you, when I first started to do it. And then when I started to do that, I was like, you know what? They might not always be right but these chicks are hot. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely have the se sexier anchors. I'll go oh, and say that. They might be totally full of shit, but God <laughs> damn, I'll pay attention. Praise Jesus and pass the KY, baby. That's why they call them the foxes and news. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Give them a reason to go to church on Sunday. Okay, but you know, getting back to this idea. So the song that I wrote, that we're kind of talking about is come correct. And the idea is that, that somewhere along the line, somebody has to come correct with some information. I always come wrong. But I think, I think one of the biggest things, and it goes back for me, a lot of things do back to education, right? The way that we're educated, we're educated to be passive observers, right? These are the answers. Repeat them on the test not get critical thinking involved where you look at it and have a discussion and try to see other sides. Why the fuck does Johnny have 25 apples? That's what I want to know. I know, dude. I, it's fucking not fair. Yeah. Marianne had 35 apples and fucking 35 candy bars and Johnny ate 20. What does Johnny have? He has diabetes. Johnny has diabetes. <laughs> I want to get back to Marianne for just a second. You would. <laughs> you need some church. Oh, we dream in full spectrum lies. That's the way that the news is today. Full spectrum lies. Or as my man would say, you telling lies for free. Okay. So, you know, on, on this topic, it's, it's, I almost feel like there's almost no hope for a lot of reasons. Most of the way that we're getting information today isn't even really news. You know, it's, it's things off social media. You know, how much do people form opinions off social media today? 
you know, and the things that other people are saying, you know, like, let's say you're an influencer and you pop off with some like headline that fucking grabs attention because why you want followers to pay attention to you. I want them clicks, baby. Yeah. You don't even have to say anything that's fucking real. And this is something that sometimes gets done, right? Um, somebody will say something completely full of shit, right? With one identity and then turn right around and go on the attack of that thing. But it's the same person, but we don't know this and we're reacting. And before you know it, people get talking about this shit. Like there was a report that, that Biden was dead at one point in time, (laughs) you know what I mean? And all of a sudden everybody's fucking reacting, right? It gets some fucking hits and that's the whole point. It's not, it's not truth anymore. And people don't want truth. People don't want it. So how can we actually take part in a we the people form of government if we don't have the information or even the critical thinking to look at the information that exists? Without those, you can't. I'm just going to go out and say it. Without those. Gain those, you might have a fucking chance, maybe. Or us, us as a us as a society might strong might. You know, and I think that when you when you take topics like, um, you know, the gun issue, right? Like with uh, the you know school shootings that I mentioned earlier. You know, I think that we want to blame the bully, or we want to blame the parent that has the guns, or we want to blame Walmart for selling fucking bullets. Maybe we just have an aggressive fucking society. We have a passive aggressive society. This, yeah. This society is probably the softest society we've ever had in terms of they type heavy and breathe hard over their keyboard. But how many times have you seen that one that had a lot to say on the internet and you see them cross paths with somebody in real life and they just look at their shoes and they cower away? It's those people, it's that kind of mentality. Don't get me wrong. There is the kid that, you know, the social pariah that is constantly picked on that finally snaps. But I believe it's a big mixture of people that talk big and create this persona that they can live in a safe environment and realize they're living their they're living a lie. And when confronted on that persona, they snap doing a little bit of research on a lot of the school shootings. They try to blame it on it was an excluded member of the LGBTQ community, or it was this, it was that. They they try to find a narrative and they try to push it. At the end of the day, it is all all of the things like the one the one cool thing I've seen is the fact that now it looks like a lot of social media like Instagram is going to have parental locks that go to their phones or any kind of downloading happening. They have to have a parent a parental override. And this is going to be not something you download. This is just something that comes with the app. And I think we might be getting to a point where there's going to be a little bit of help because society at large is realizing just how toxic this internet culture is becoming. But at the same time, it starts in the household. It starts with the parents. If they're not present, if they're not keeping up on their kid. Yeah. And I agree with, and I agree with you 
Um, when it comes to like the parental controls on the phones and all that stuff, these aren't necessarily bad ideas, but these are, these are after the fact problems. And I think, like you said, it, it, there's parents and, and, you know, the home life and all that stuff. But I think we got to go to the schools because you can't necessarily tell parents how to parent. What you can do when it comes to the parents is we can make sure that we're getting paid an actual value with our, with our labor, if people can afford to be in the home more and raising Johnny and Marianne, you know what I mean? Maybe we have a little bit more responsibility in the home, but they have to actually have a living wage paid, which we've talked about on this show, how a lot of Americans don't, right? And the issue is, and it goes right again, back to education, right? Our education sets the value of what we earn in this country. It has to. Right. And the way that we're educated, we're not getting critical thinking and we're not even able to actually talk about things. Like you just talked about like how people are so soft, right? And they just jump to a fucking gun because they want their opinion hurt or their Jesus feelings are hurt or something, right? If we actually actually practice communication at the school level when we're supposed to be getting an education, you know, and 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 talk about different perspectives from different cultures, from different peoples, from different economic classes. Johnny gets his say, Marianne gets his say, they get discussed, like debate, right? If that was actually taught in the schools, right? Um, I think that would prepare people to have conversations and see things from another way instead of exploding with a fucking gun. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Ain't nobody got time for that. I think that should be a mandatory course. That was one of my favorite things in middle and high school was being part of the debate team. And... It was one of those win, lose, or draw. You always, if you were challenged, you had no choice but to soak up at least some of the knowledge from the narrative coming at you because it's taught that it's not argument. It's not emotionally driven. It is the facts you've cultivated against the opposing facts they have cultivated. And at the end of the day, comparing facts to facts, you just have facts and one will override the other if you look at it without emotion. Dude, I don't know, but I think we just need to take it down a notch. I'm going to suggest maybe all of America smokes a little weed, listens to some smooth jazz, and eats something and gravy. God damn, you can't be mad when you're floating in fucking gravy, dude. I say a fistful of Xanax, a bladder of box wine, and uh, yeah, go to Walmart and steal some shit. I mean, <laughs> then you're gonna, if you live through it, you're at least going to have a couple days in the, uh, in the dry-out tank, and you know, you might put your... Self into perspective. No, probably stick with the weed and gravy. That's probably the right move. Yeah, because all this goddamn war, like I said, 230 fucking years of war. How much war do we possibly fucking need? Are we safe yet? We'll never be safe. Not in school, you're not. Not nowhere. I think we may collectively just ask, what is it we all agree on? Maybe get some of that united back in the American <laughs> states. I mean, what do we believe in? What lines do we not want to cross? What metaphorical shits do we not accept on the sidewalk? As a collective society, I don't fucking think there is one, man. I was going down the lines and there, there's going to be a contrasting opinion to anything I throw out. I will say again, education holds the answer to every problem we face in the world today. The problem is the curriculums that were being given don't really create education. They feed the structure of a system that's intended to
to keep things moving along. But I think everybody wants some kind of movement. I know the woman on the sidewalk had a movement. <laughs> okay, I'm going to rephrase this. What I think I I think what I'm looking for is progress. And in the co- case of the homeless shitting on our sidewalk, I suppose progress may just be more public bathrooms. Or maybe it could be a start by asking why we have so much fucking homeless. But I know one thing, we'd be able to have these conversations with better education. Hmm. There it is, full circle. Yeah. Experts believe that most people who are homeless have mental disorders. And guess what? People with natural mental disorders don't mind shitting on a sidewalk. Progress may look like investing in mental health. If not for the homeless, what about the kids? Hey, maybe it would even help that kid waving around the gun to calm the fuck down. (sighs) Education, mental health awareness, which I think could actually start in the school system. You know, to actually have some conversations and actually address the mental health issues while they're fucking kids. Because they're fucking angry. And they're committing suicide at an incredible fucking rate. So what better place to address all of this than the place that they're all at, which is school? Journalism is fucked. (laughs) It's fucked. We need to quit informing each other about what the fuck's going on and handle our business at the school level. Our government isn't. (laughs) By any fucking means. And my question is, again, how many school shootings are going to happen before we collectively address that shit on the sidewalk. Unfortunately, quite a few more. I'm excited, dude. I'm excited. I got to calm down. (laughs) Yeah, you got all the energy. I think you, did you, speaking of Xanax, you slipped some in that tea earlier? Dude, this morning I was hinged. You were hinged? Yeah, now I'm unhinged. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I thought you were talking about that one trifling dating website. Oh. It's like, man, you, you, go into the, you go into that route now? Good Lord. I'm just saying. It's going to look dude. like a Jackson Pollock painting in here at some point. Ah. That's a guy who uh, painted with nothing but blood and semen, by the way. Okay, here's, just, here's, just so you know. here's the last thought, and then we'll get the fuck off, because I'm sure people are getting tired of my voice. Your voice is about as smooth as a fucking piece of velvet on a beaver's ass. Like the cream cheese on your bagel, baby. But here's a thought. The 10 lowest paid careers with a college degree fall into three groups. Teachers, mental health care professionals, or social servants. Which means like social workers or even preachers are in there. There's two degrees that preachers get, but they're still the lowest paid, right? So here's the thing in America, and this is where our value really is. If we take care of the mind, the spirit, or each other, there's no value in these degrees, pretty much. That's a problem. So next time there's a fucking school shooting, maybe we ought to check our values at the fucking door and ask ourselves what's going on. Hmm. That's my Springer thought. (laughs) (laughs) You got anything on the way out the goddamn door for come correct? Uh, You know, I'm drawn dead today, baby. I'm blaming you on that tea that you gave me. Did you drink the sleepy time tea, dude? I think I fucking may have. Holy shit. Well, 
I'll make sure to take a triple scoop of pre-workout for next week. And uh, we're uh, we're switching gears next week, aren't we? Yeah, we're uh, we're getting out of hell. Um, this is kind of it for hell. Um, and then we're going into the heaven uh, topics. And actually, I'm excited because we've got more spiritual stuff coming down the pike. Um, and what I realized, like I was actually looking back on um, the five tracks from this album, uh, The Devil's Breath Inhale, and I was thinking about the common theme. A lot of this centers around technology and, and a delusion of the self. Right, that's kind of the 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 theme that's gone through all of this. Um, we're living in this dissociative state through technology, and um, there's a lot of hell out there, you know. And it kind of is. There's a Buddhist thought that there are as many worlds as there are minds, and today, with technology the way that it is, I'd say all of our minds are descending into hell. And I think the answer is not in our phones. I think it's in reality. And we better get together or we're going to die alone. Curious G, and I got my man. Oh, who, me? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he likes the name Dirty B. You can call me whatever you want to call me. Just don't call me late for dinner. Dude, I've heard the stories you tell that don't make it on the podcast. You, uh, you Dirty yeah, B. Yeah, some of the ones that get cut out from the podcast. Thank you, producer, yeah. for saving my own ass. Thanks, Real Rob. All right. This is Truth to Power, and we are out. All righty, dude. Come correct. You gonna come correct? You gonna come correct on this one? Oh yeah, I'm gonna come correct. (laughs) Do you remember the conversation about building this music? Man, you know what's crazy? Uh, I listened to the song before we got ready for the segment, and I can't remember. I'm I don't remember making this one, Sean, at all. I remember mixing it. I don't remember producing this, dude. (laughs) Well, we were kind of we were kind of busy at this point, dude. We were closing in on 50 tracks, I think. Yeah, uh, for sure. In less than a year, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it was getting kind of busy. So this, you know, I, and as you could tell from the podcast episode, um, yeah. I was talking about a couple of different things. Uh, some of it's that celebrity worship. The other thing is journalism. Yeah. But it's yeah. basically the way that the media comes across. And the way I see it is, you know, politicians owe us some truth, but they don't give it. Um, no. Who, and who has the 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 ear of a large amount of people besides politicians when it comes to you know the direction of the country, all that? Um, I'd say there's there's a couple different people, and one of them is journalists, for sure, right? And the other one is celebrities. Um, and what I think is interesting is journalists aren't trusted anymore. And, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons is they don't get access to the politicians unless they play ball, right? <coughs> right, So right. There, there's six conglomerates that own the, almost every media outlet that there is. And mm-hmm. believe me, they hire the editors and they decide what newsworthy stories are going to be talked about. So mm-hmm. the media, to a, a certain degree, is completely under control. And the way that the vocals was on this song, like mm-hmm. I tried to emulate the voice of a, a news person, where it's that monotoned, right? Like I'm, I'm sounding like a, a journalist on, on, you know, television. There's not a lot of emotion in it. I'm just basically breaking it down. 
Um, no, you, you, you literally do kind of just like talk in a, like in a monotone voice on the hook. If you want to come, come correct. And yeah. This and and the, I think that I think that. it was artistically an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, I think that it lacks a little bit of the punch that I would like this song to have, though, in retrospect. Um, really? I think it's I think it's a really good song in a lot of ways. Um, mm -hmm. I think when I start doing it live, um, this is one of the things I'm going to kind of change about it is I'm going to give it a little bit more flavor in it because I love mm -hmm. that saying, uh, come correct, you know. Um, but this is that image dream select, right? Like it, we, are, we are guided by these images that we get through the media, um, not just by journalism, but um, celebrities, you know. And, and you take Colin Kaepernick's whole um, – using of his stage to, to carry a message. And yeah, in many yeah. ways, if, if people agree with what he was doing or how he was doing it, or even what he was saying, um, <coughs> you know, it, it was obvious that not only did, did all of that get shut down mm -hmm. by the response of the NFL, right? Like, um, in that off season, the NFL owners changed the rules and they said, if you're going to protest, do it from the locker room, come out after the flag's been raised or you will be yep. fined. You know, and yet players took knees. Um, but the first month and a half of football season, you saw that on, on television. But as soon as November hit, November 1st, when it became Veteran Awareness Month, you no longer saw any image of any player taking a knee. Was it because they weren't anymore? You know, or was it just not framed by the media? So there's an amount of control that comes through our media um, and celebrities, when they have the, the, the ear of a lot of people, they could really carry a, a different type of message, you know? Um, but they don't, they don't, a lot of them play the games in self-interest, you know? So that's kind they of what this song's about. They definitely do. They, um, uh, I, I asked if you've seen this movie before, and I remember you had the uh, Team America World Police by Trey Parker, Matt Stone, um, the creators of South Park. But they, they were they were on this this celebrity worship in uh, media propaganda way before it was like talked about because this movie is like maybe two thousand three. But there was a sequence in there where uh, nobody cared about global warming or whatever issue it was or whatever until Matt Damon uh, talked about it. You know what I mean? Once Matt yeah. Damon said it, oh, I care now. And then they're kind of making fun of him like, Matt Damon. You know what I mean? And it's, it's <laughs> they make, they know <laughs> how he talks in it. They poke fun at the fact that the world can be burning around, burning down around us and no one will give a shit. But if Kim Kardashian says it's burning, then whoa, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, we got to do something. And I feel like celebrities um, use that shit probably for clout more often times than not. Um, or I, I, I don't know, dude, I have no idea, but you're 100% right that um, it's like people listen to the celebrities actually almost more than the media sometimes. It's weird, Sean. <laughs> It's well, weird. you know, I think there's a flaw with the way that our entertainment and journalism play out, right? Mm -hmm. um, everything is a product. Mm -hmm. Everything is is up for sale. Right. So when, when it comes to the news, the product is our attention. That's really what it is about. And they're going to say and do anything that they can to keep our attention. Um, when it comes to celebrities, it's the same thing. Like the product is our attention, 
right? Television isn't free because there are, you know, people just love to, to show us television shows. Right? Yeah, they want to have yeah. these commercials, but the commercials are reaching us and our attention is the product. Um, one of the issues with the media, I think, and, and this is kind of the responsibility of the, of the viewers, you know, um, and the listeners of it. Uh, mm -hmm. We've been conditioned in many ways to watch media that is being given in a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in, in a lot of ways, we keep it going. I'll, I'll use movies as, a, as an example. There's a reason yeah. why Fast and Furious 10 exists, right? Um, it's because we, we know what to expect from Fast and Furious 11. <laughs> and we knew well, what to expect from 9 and 8 and 7 and yeah. 6. And so the investors so will invest so in these films because they know a certain percentage <laughs> of people and they know exactly how many people are going to go see it, right? Yeah. They know a certain percentage of people are going to go see it. And the reason why a lot of us go to see movies that we're familiar with, like Fast and Furious or Batman 47, right? It, yeah. Is because we know what the story is going to give us. So yeah. it's expensive going to the movies, right? It's not cheap. Popcorn ain't cheap, right? So yeah. if I'm going to spend my money investing in a film, I want to make sure I'm going to get something that I, I feel is worth it. Right. Do you think it's you, because, do you think it's because people like, it's a sense of like comfortability and knowing kind of the outcome? Cause I'm like, as a, as an individual, I'm, I kind of am sick of seeing the same shit over and over again. Do you think these, like these companies or these producers and blah, 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 do they, put this up because the, it makes the op, uh, or the audience is going to be comfortable with the product because they know what to expect. Well, that's exactly that's it. it and that's what I'm saying. Like the people that are spending mm -hmm. money investing in, like I said, Fast and Furious 11, mm -hmm. they know mm -hmm. that a certain amount of people are going to go see it. So their, their investment is safe. And at the same time, the people that like to see car crashes, short skirts, fist fights, mm -hmm. snappy comebacks, good mm -hmm. music, explosions, all that shit, right? Mm -hmm. Like just make the crashes bigger and the jokes better and the, sh and the skirts tighter, right? And yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're going to satisfy yeah. me, right? Pop popcorn but films. I, I know what I'm going to get from it. You know, I, I, I don't expect to have my life change because I watch Fast and Fur <laughs> Furious 11. It's a distraction right, right. To, to consume, Right. right. But at the same time, like, unless we start to really support art that has something to say, we're going to continuously get the same shit, right? Um, right. Same thing with journalists until we start to really uh, stop the immediate click and share of information before we even know it's accurate. We're going to keep getting sold garbage, you know? So yeah. it, it takes a little bit of thinking on our part. And I think all of this comes back to two things, value and education. Right, right. Right, we're going to set our value based on how we're educated. And if you think about our education system today, it's there to keep the things going the way that they are. The, the highest paid degrees that you get all serve big business, right? Pharmaceutical companies, right? <laughs> the stock markets. Corporations. Things like that. Yes. Yeah. But you, and I mentioned this, I think on this last podcast, you look at mm -hmm. the 10 lowest paid degrees, they fall into one of three categories, uh, jobs that take care of the mind, right? Jobs that take care of, of, um, the spirit, <laughs> you know, uh, things like a pastor, <laughs> preacher, right? Psychologists, teachers, right? right? right. 
things that take care of each other, you know, social workers. So if we're taking care of these things, there's no value in that. And it's not people that necessarily set this value. It is the structure of our, our economy and our system. uh, A question I wanted to ask you, and I was, when I was uh, mixing the episode and you kind of just touched on it. Um, cause you're like, you know, fast and the furious nine, 10, 11, Batman, 65, 66, 67. Well, what about, um, they're safe movies and it's safe shit that the media can like push. Cause they know they'll get a return on investment. But what, what about fast and the furious one? What about Batman with Michael Keaton before it wasn't on the big screen and shit? Was that still a safe investment at that time? Um, even with like, think about Harry Potter, you know what I mean? JK Rowling, uh, single mother writing this shit in 96, dude, that's, you know, that the fucking Sorcerer's Stone or whatever was literally turned down by like so many publishers over in England, bro. Like there was people that were like, kids aren't going to read this shit. It's a stupid idea. No one cares about wizards. That shit now is fast and the furious, right, Sean? You know what I mean? It's a and, and multi-billion that's true. dollar. It's know? kind of like Stephen yeah. King tried to get published right. like 60 sometimes or something. And, and people and like, yeah, no one's would, interested in this shit. Nobody would publish them. I, right, right, right. I think he threw Carrie in the garbage and his wife went and got it out for him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's because the there's gatekeepers on the structure of our, our media. What's interesting is today yeah. you and I can do what we did which is make some albums that have some things to say and put it out right. there, right? right? Because the technology has changed. Allo- allows the, us to do that. Yeah. yeah, it's allowed us to do this, right? Without yeah. the support of a, a record company. Ma- major right? label or a distributor and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but yeah. art has been devalued and so is the artist to such a point that we don't see value in any of it. It's just an oversaturated market. And now it's like, unless something sounds like the the trend that's being pushed by big, big business most people aren't interested they're you know? not interested and and we've discussed it before the thumb scrolling fucking culture um because you and me have been trying to figure out because i'm like we have all this music we have all these podcasts how do we get asses and seats per se i always say that term um and you know i it think the next episode is so, going to answer that yeah. question and we're so th- outside the box with what we do. You know what I mean? Like it's really good. It's good product. It's good music. It makes you feel, um, intro it's, it's deep. There's layers to this shit. Songs need to be peeled back. The only problem is the average consumer in America right now, bro. Um, I, I think I'm just generalizing Americans, but I, I just don't get the sense that people, like you said, they don't value art like it once was. And when you said that, um, back in the day, we couldn't have done this album without a label. It would have been too expensive. You know what I mean? We don't have the technology to do it. You got to get a, you got to get signed. You got to get pushed. You're going to be a star, baby. That shit, dude. Yeah. But the thing is, because it's so accessible now is why it's oversaturated, Sean. There's like a bunch of people doing what we're doing. And then Drake will do a song or Lil Baby, one of the, the bigger stars. And dude, Everybody that is doing what we're doing is just copying their songs So and their sound. So there's like 5 million rap songs that sound the same. And then when you have our shit that's a little different on your doorstep, um, it's hard to push it to the top because it's just getting weighed down on the internet with amongst a bunch of fucking the same cut and paste 
McDonald's songs. I don't know. Sorry for my rant, bro. But that's no, no, it's it's very later. true. So if yeah. you think about journalists, right? There, there's an idea that Noam Chomsky yeah. put out in a book that he had called Manufacturing Consent, and he yeah, talked yeah. about how journalism manufactures consent by the people that mm-hmm. listen to the journalists, right? Mm. It, it, the consent is for politicians to get their way, basically. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that that happens, he lists five different things that happen, but one of those things is is the access that journalists are get given. And I mentioned this earlier in this segment. Um, If you're a journalist that is going to report some truth to people that goes outside of the structure of things, you're not going to have access to go and ask the questions from that politician. They're not going to let you through the door. Right? You have to be that respected um, magazine or that respected you know, news station, you know, you've got to be Fox news or somebody that has some, some power behind you. And, and Mm. the issue is, is independent people aren't getting out there with, with journalism or with art, you know? And, and one of the things is people go to names like Fox because they, they trust it, right? What, what do they trust? They're going to get truth from them. I think the fact is that that we trust them because they're always there and money's behind them to push it to where they're always there. You know, so I think in this song, there's there's a couple of lyrics that actually give us the answer, right? Um, towards the end of the, the first verse, right? Mm-hmm. This is what the lyrics say. The narrative of fall in line, parts we play, are we sheep or swine? Is freedom more than talk? I like some bite in that bark. I break for nature alone apart. Shaman walk into the dark. Now, I don't know if you know what a shaman is. What what what's your yes. thoughts are on a shaman? Isn't a shaman like what comes to mind is a, a healer, right? Is um, a what? A, a spiritual healer, like a guide. They they were like well, a spiritual leader of a sort, right? So compare okay. a priest to a shaman. Okay. Right. Okay. So a priest is a spiritual leader and a shaman was a spiritual leader. Shaman were mm-hmm. like the, the spiritual leaders of tribes gotcha. right? okay. that, that goes way back into history. Priest came with organized religion, but think about mm-hmm. the difference. They're both supposed to be these spiritual leaders. Now the mm-hmm. priest usually does his work up on a stage, right? Which mm-hmm. gives the mind the idea that he's important He's got mm-hmm. something to say. He'll stand behind a podium, right? Which also brings to mind a certain thing, just like the news desk, desk for the news anchor, right? It gives us mm-hmm. this impression that these people are all about that business. They have something important to say. It's a show. Mm-hmm. The priest, mm-hmm. the news anchor, they're putting on a show. And the way that we see them in the world, we give them our attention because, hey, they seem to have something to say. You know, they're, they're important, right? And, you know, a lot of this goes back to the history of how we've exchanged knowledge. You mm-hmm. go back to the village before there was writing that was mass consumed and all that stuff. It's like you had to right. speak your word and be a man of your word and people would listen. Oh, that's fucking Jeff. Jeff, he, he knows what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> well, when we started to have radio announcers, people thought that whoever was on the radio knew what the fuck they were talking about. And then television the same way. Oh, that guy, he has something to say. So it's a, it's something we've learned as humans that when we're framing people like this, 
right? Oh, George Clooney, he's up on that giant movie screen. He's 60 fucking tall and his voice is fucking as soft as a kitten's ass. And he's got the perfect (laughs) words because a team of writers give it to him, right? So these people are important, right? So this is the priest. Now a shaman, what was interesting about a shaman is they didn't stand up on a stage or behind a podium. They broke for nature alone, right? They went out into nature to be by themselves, to connect to spirituality. And they came That's back- medicine man shit, and, and, they, and they told people, right, of the experience they had. Yeah. But they always experienced their truth when they were away from society, right? The earliest shaman, they were back when we were cave dwellers and they would actually go into the cave and paint on these cave walls- Now, you Mm -hmm. have to imagine what they did. They would go into a place that's completely dark a lot of the time. And they had paint that was crushed up from like berries and shit like that that made these different colors. And they would put it into the palm of their hand almost like a liquid and suck it up with a straw and spit it on the wall and then rub it into the wall of the cave. And a lot of times the, the, the shape of these animals followed the wall of the cave like it was the fucking animals muscles and shit. So they'd go into this place of complete darkness without light, right? Mm-hmm. And the apprentice was the one that would light this torch so that they could mm-hmm. see to do the work, but they couldn't have it lit the whole time. So a lot of times these shaman would go into this cave without light and find the perfect place to do their work, but they couldn't see. They just felt with their hands, right? Now they went into light deprivation, cut off from sound from people, right? To do their art. (laughs) And a lot of times they would come back with this tale of the spiritual experience that that happened inside this cave, right? Where they saw God. Well, if you can imagine like light deprivation, um, maybe, you know, sound deprivation to a certain degree, because you're only hearing what's in the cave. You know, this was, this was tedious work for them to do this art and to tell their truth. And they came back changed from those experiences. And the earliest poetry was them breaking it down in the stories, telling what happened when they were in that cave. So that's human history as far as shaman goes. And to be honest with you, I think this is what we need from uh, today is to actually get away from some of the technology, get away from some of the ways that media frames our mind. Yes. And uh, the way that education does. And uh, maybe spend a little bit of time away from things to find ourselves. Well, that is our show on the Truth to Power podcast. We are now all the way through hell. (laughs) And we're about to begin another series in heaven, which is a little bit more of spiritual topics rather than all this heavy shit. Hope you've been enjoying it so far, and we'll see you next week. This is Curious G, Truth to Power Podcast. If you're gonna call, call correct. After home run, done correct. Lose that talk out the side your neck, mic check. All right, bet, now come correct. This is that image, dream select. This is that image, dream select. The stage is set, yo, light the lights Speak these lines, new world bride We've seen the story, we've bought the tale Hook, line, sink, impale We dream in terms of sleeping beast Green-scented love, vacant heat Angels glittering, abhor Celebrity walking
apart Shaman walk into the dark If you're gonna come, come correct After home run, done correct You can lose that talk at the side your neck Mic check Alright bet, now come correct This is that image dream select Mic check. All right, bet now come correct. This is. 